The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 289. Unless you're joining me live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Today is Sunday, June the 12th. We're coming off of UFC 275. What a spectacular card that was. Um, I don't know if Jeff the Animal Wilson is going to be able to jump on or not. And that's my fault because I have a traveling day today. And I only had about a half hour window to do the show. So I wanted to get one in and, you know, give you guys a reaction to the pay-per-view last night. Uh, I'm up in New York visiting my family. I don't know if you can hear the baby in the background, but my niece Emily turned one year old. Um, so came up here, had a nice birthday party with the family, got to get the kids together and, uh, just the time flies moment, you know, because it seems like she was just born the other day. Um, but then it seems like my daughter was just born the other day and my daughter's like pushing Emily around on a little toy bicycle uh, last night. So it was cool to get everybody together. Uh, my my brother-in-law's family and their kids were here and um, it was a fun time. So Every time I come up here, I, I like to kind of disconnect from social media and stuff like that. But I was able to catch the fights, um, and it, it really was an awesome card. Uh, the other thing about coming up here, if I sound a little short of breath, it's because when I come back to New York, I kind of fill myself up on, like, pizza and bread and beer. Um, as you can see, I'm drinking a beer right here and it's not even noon yet but there's just such a big difference in the bread and the pizza and everything like that um between florida and new york and i don't know what it is some people say it's the water some people say it's like how the humidity in florida affects the yeast rising i don't know i'm not a fucking baker but i do know that there's a very distinct difference, which is good because uh, bread and things like that tend to um, add to my waistline. So I'm able to avoid it. And then when I go on vacation to visit the family, I kind of get my fix. And then I spend the next six weeks exercising to work it off. So that's the, the vicious cycle that I'm going to be stuck in for the rest of my life as long as I have family here in New York. Uh, if you're wondering about this beer, if you're a beer head, uh, no pun intended, you know about this beer. Uh, it's called Heady Topper, and it comes from the Alchemist Brewery, which is up in Vermont. Um, my wife and I did a nice little road trip up to Vermont. This was pre-kid, and um, Vermont is awesome, man. I love it up there. And... They, they make some really great beer. Uh, it's one of the best 
uh, regions I've been to for beer. And um, this beer, Heady Topper, has like a cult following. And it's because the Alchemist Brewery did it smart. So what they did is they release it. They made a really good beer, first of all. And then they release it in small quantities. And it's, it's hard to get. Like even when we were up there, they didn't have any at the brewery. They didn't have any in, in the local uh, beer distributors or grocery stores or anything like that. People would line up on Tuesdays at the liquor store just for a chance to try and buy a four pack of this stuff because they, they make it in small batches at a time and it, it's hard to track down <clears throat> and they don't distribute too far because the brewery is very strict about uh, how their beer is consumed. They want to make sure it stays cold. Um, they don't believe in, in selling people growlers uh, it even says on the can, for those of you watching the video, I'll hold it up. It says, drink from the can. They don't even want you to pour it in a glass. Like, they're very specific about how the beer is consumed, which, you know, some people would look at as snobby. But, you know, that's how you, that's how you form a cult following with something like this. And the other thing they did is I think they were making hazy IPAs before hazy IPAs were a thing. So... They were one of the first places that were cutting the bitterness of the hops with uh, the milk sugars. So the, the adding lactose to beer to smooth it out and, and take away that, that, you know, that bitter taste you get from the IPAs. Um, and, and they did a nice job with it. It's a really good, really solid beer, really hard to come by. So how am I holding it in my hand sitting here in New York talking to you? You may be asking yourself, or maybe you're fast forwarding to uh, <laughs> hearing me talk about the Yuri Prohaska and Glover Teixeira, which is fine too. I don't take any of that personally. Consume what you want. That's what I do. That's why I'm drinking a beer, at, you know, not even noon. But um, there's a local grocery store here. It's a it's a small chain in New York. You may be familiar with it. It's called the Chicos and Sons, and their beer selection is just out of this world. That it's like an entire row, just cases and cases and cases of craft beer, uh, and you can get four packs, you can get singles, you can get, you know, the sixteen ounce four pack seems to be popular with the breweries now. That's what they're all doing. So I saw, I spotted a heady topper, and I followed them on Instagram. Um, both the, both the uh, grocery store account and. They have just a beer account. And every now and then they announce, you know, they got some heady topper in. And, uh, of course, it flies off the shelf quick. So I spotted it in the singles. I grabbed two of the singles, threw those in my basket, and then I turned around and I was digging through the, uh, the four packs. And I happened to see it. They put it on the shelf, like, right where the door, where, where the seam of the door of the fridge closes. So I just saw, like... I don't know, maybe an inch <laughs> of the can sticking out and recognized, uh, recognized the uh, label. It's just like real simple um, design. It's, it's a, like a scientist looking guy with a bow tie and he's drinking the beer and it, it blows his mind and it, like hops are, are flying out of his brain. So I saw it there and I, I grabbed a four pack and brought it back here and, um, 
my brother-in-law was happy with that because he's always trying to hunt it down and he sees the Instagram post too. And he lives right here. So he'll always go over when they say they have it and they, you know, they say they're sold out. So I wasn't even looking for it, but just happened to stumble upon it. Just one of those happy accidents. If I were actively looking for this beer, there's not a chance I would ever find it. That's just, that's just like a law of life. I feel like, um, so here it is and, uh, here it goes. But yeah, we really had a great weekend with the family. Um, my daughter spent a few nights at my mom's house. She lives about 30 minutes, 45 minutes south of here. So it's kind of cool. She's, uh, she's old enough to make that decision. Like, yeah, I want to stay with grandma or no, I don't. Um, and it, it, it's, a uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder as they say. So of course I love my daughter. I want to be around her all the time, but you know, toddlers can be a bit of a handful sometimes. So the break is, is welcome. And then, you know, after like one night without her, I'm kind of like, oh, it'd be great if she was here. And then she comes back and I'm so happy to see her. But then she's like driving me up the wall and my stress level is through the roof. And uh, so more beers get poured and, you know, such is the cycle. Everything in life is cyclical, you know, much like I go and live in Florida for most of the year and don't eat any bread or pizza. And then I come to New York and gorge myself with bread and pizza and wash it down with beer and then pay for it for the next six weeks. Um, you know, that's the way it goes. Life is cyclical. Um, and sometimes things come full circle. You know, like the career of uh, Ioana and Jacek. So let's talk about some fights, shall we? Um, I I caught I caught all of the main card, and I think I got a good amount of the prelims, if not all of them. Maybe I missed the early prelims, but I saw. I saw the highlights of uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez, or maybe that's right when I tuned in, and then I saw I saw the highlight as well. So I caught most of this, but if I skip over anything, uh, let me know what I need to go back and watch. Uh, I don't think anybody could have predicted how good the Glover Teixeira Yuri Prohaska fight was going to be. I think everyone was kind of on the same page in that Glover was going to grind out a decision or. Yuri was going to have like a highlight reel knockout. Uh, and if you told me ahead of time that it was going to end in a submission, I would say, oh, well, so Glover's still the champion um, without even without even batting an eye. Um, not that Yuri isn't proficient on the ground, but, you know, he's not known for his submissions or um, his ground game in general. And he, he showed a lot of glaring holes. You know, he was hurting Glover on the feet. Uh, and then Glover would get him down. And that was kind of the narrative. Like, it was kind of rinse and repeat from a lot of people that I saw. But I don't know, man. Glover was landing some big shots on the feet, too. And that's how he was able to close the distance. He's so good at that. He, his striking is so tight. Um, like, he doesn't, he doesn't leave a lot of openings. And he's so good at closing the distance and just getting a hold of you. Um, and, you know, he was able to drag... Yuri down pretty well, um, pretty easily rather. Um, and he was controlling him there. 
uh, you know, got, got to mount pretty easily. Uh, Yuri, you could kind of tell he knows how to get up, but he doesn't know how to like recover guard and, and escape certain positions. Just, um, you know, wasn't making the right moves there and instead trying to explode. But when you have a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, the caliber of Glover Teixeira on top of you, it's it's really difficult to explode out of that. Like, I could only imagine the old man strength that Glover has. Um, but then on the feet, you know, Glover was eating some shots. And for, what is he, 42? Uh, the fact that he was able to eat those shots and just keep coming uh, was incredible. And yeah, the, the fight ended because he kind of ran out of gas and, and got hit. But that was with with less than 30 seconds to go in a five round fight. Like you have to admire, you have to admire the endurance and um, it, you know, the ability to take a shot and, and the ability to control a championship fight at his age. Like what a, what a legend, man. Um, it, and it, it looked like he was going to pull it off. I thought Glover was winning the fight. I, I'm sure most of you would agree. Um, and a few of you wouldn't cause you, you hate on wrestling for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, he was 28 seconds from retaining that title. And Prohaska, man, he's just a guy who has zero quit. You know, he got caught in a couple of submissions. He was almost in a few arm triangles. And he wasn't even escaping properly. He got out of those positions on sheer will um, and, and just a desire to win, which you have to admire as well. Uh, I've always been a fan of Yuri Prohaska and how he's handled his career, um, you know, refusing to the, come to the UFC early on because he felt like he needed more experience, becoming the champion and rising and, and you know, stepping into the UFC after he felt like he was prepared and just demolishing dudes. I mean, the, the knockout over Dominic Reyes is, is one of the all-time greatest knockouts, in my opinion. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of you will, will add Wiley Zhang to uh, to that list as well. Um, but yeah, just a just a fun fight. Two gritty dudes um, who who don't want to give an inch, and and two like great competitors. I thought it was one of the best light heavyweight fights we've seen in a long time. Um, let's see. <laughs> we got. Bruce always has Bruce Bob Trotter always has these interesting uh, comments here. He says, "Bro, Joanna should transition to being a ring girl now with those big fake titties. She would be a good one, <laughs> and would keep her on UFC payroll." Thoughts? Uh, my thoughts on that are: uh, I think I think that Joanna got to a point in her life financially where she didn't need to fight anymore. Um, you know, w whatever she's doing, getting Instagram endorsements um, and and sponsorships. And, you know, she could definitely do like some modeling and, and stuff like that. So I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that she retired. It's a shame that she had had to go out like this. Um, you know, I. I was kind of half expecting to never see her fight again after two years off or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, she's a competitor. She's been competing for like 20 years uh, between Muay Thai kickboxing and, and the UFC. 
and, and MMA. Um, and at one point, you know, she was the scariest woman on the roster. You know, she was the boogie woman. So it, just a fantastic career, great fights. Um, but when she was in there from the first round, she didn't have her timing. Uh, she didn't have her range finding ability. And then Zhang just smothered her. Um, and, you know, Zhang was, was definitely winning that fight. Uh, she controlled the first round easily, got Joanna down, uh, which is no easy task. There have been a lot of people who have based an entire game plan on taking Joanna down, and it hasn't worked out. Um, Carla Esparza comes to mind. Um, but yeah, she just um, she just wasn't the same. And I think it's I don't think it's because she's past her prime or or too much damage or anything like that. I think it's just uh, you know, maybe lost the passion for it after doing it for so long uh, and all the wars and everything like that. And it, it's not the kind of sport where you can be half invested. You know, you got to be all the way in. And she knows she wasn't all the way in, so uh, she knew it was time to, to lay it down. And um, I, I'm grateful for, for being able to witness her career and, and the championship she's acquired and the classic fight she's been in. I mean, the first fight with Wiley Zhang, a lot of people would say um, was one of the greatest fights of all time, and it's hard to argue. Uh, those hematomas... Um, one of the most classic images of all time is, is seeing the before and after Joanna with that fight. Um, and the fact that she was able to finish the fight and, um, yeah. So congratulations, Joanna. Congratulations, Wiley Zhang. That knockout was just, it was just brutal. It was a perfectly timed, perfectly placed I would call it a spinning forearm uh, as opposed to a spinning back fist. Um, but yeah, she had like a delay where she kind of ducked down and then paused and then exploded into the spin. And the forearm just landed flush across the ear. Uh, and I think the fist caught a little bit behind the ear, just right on the button. And, uh, you know, Joanna went down. Um, we've never we've seen Joanna take so many hard shots over the years, and I don't believe she's been knocked out. Uh, I can check that real quick, or maybe I can't. Maybe somebody can check for me. I I, I don't believe Joanna's ever been knocked out, but uh, you know maybe she has. Maybe there's one I'm forgetting. But man, Wiley Zhang just looked like a murderer in there last night. She was vicious. Um, and I, I was so impressed with the whole performance, not just the knockout. Um, you know, she's shown improvements in her wrestling and her, her ground control. Um, and, and she's going to be a problem in this division. So, but the problem for her is, you know, is she going to get a rematch with Rose after losing to her twice? So that's a tough spot to be in. I'm already scrolling down here and I realize I skipped over the Valentina Shevchenko uh, Talia Santos fight. Um, like a lot of you, I don't think this one went the right way. I thought Talia won. I thought she won the first three rounds, 
you could argue she won a fourth. You know, some people were saying it was four to one, and I, I'm not opposed to that. And then Valentina came on strong in the fifth and, and stole that fifth round. Um, the fourth round is debatable, and I guess two of the judges gave – they must have given Valentina the third round. But, of course, the X factor in this fight was the, the head clash. Um, and it was accidental because they both clashed heads. It just happened that Santos got the worst of it. She got a broken orbital uh, because Valentina's forehead came barreling into her eye socket. Um, and, and after that, Valentina just turned it up. You know, she, she saw the blood in the water and, um, you know, started picking up the pace because she realized she could get a finish or a doctor stoppage if she kept uh, targeting that eye. Uh, and as a result, wound up damaging her face even more. But, man, I, I am so impressed with Talia Santos. I, I think we definitely need to rematch this. Um, and, and no disrespect to her, but to be honest, I couldn't even remember who Valentina was fighting this weekend uh, when it was leading up to the fight. It's just it, – she's just gotten to a point where she's so good. It's like 1990s Mike Tyson where it's like, all right, who's Mike Tyson going to beat this weekend? Who cares? Uh, it's going to last 90 seconds. Let's order some pizza and have a good time. Uh, I, I feel like Valentina has reached that stage. So to see her not only get challenged, but get dominated, especially in those first two rounds, uh, was crazy. And people want to say Santos didn't do any damage. Yeah, okay. I mean, Valentina's face looked just as great in the end as it did in the beginning. But uh, you can't ignore the ground control. Uh, I mean, here's one of the most elite fighters. Um, you know, I would have argued the best female fighter on the planet. Uh, and Talia Santos completely shut her down for two rounds. And then I believe also won the third. You could, you could convince me she won the fourth too. Um, but the decision goes to the champ. Because uh, at, at the end of it, you know, if you didn't watch the fight, and you just saw, you know, the referee uh, holding these two women by the hand, you would say, oh, wow, Santos got the shit beat out of her, huh? But, you know, the, the story of the fight is the, the clash of heads. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So many great fights. I believe they gave out seven bonuses last night is what I heard. I don't know who got them, but, you know, I have some picks. You know, I'm sure Glover and Yuri got fight of the night. Um Wiley Zhang, I'm sure, got a performance of the night. Uh, Shevchenko and Santos was an awesome fight. Andre Fialo and Jake Matthews. This fight was wild, man. These guys rocked each other multiple times. I was really into this fight. and <laughs> I was watching the fights with my brother-in-law, who's uh, Portuguese. So, of course, he was pulling for Fialo. Um, and, and Fialo's good, man. And, I, and this is, what, his fourth or fifth fight this year, uh, which is wild. Uh, he was hitting Jake Matthews with some big shots, but um, Jake was hanging in there. The thing about it was I felt like Fiala was spending too much time in the pocket and, and not acting. You know, you don't want to be in the pocket just waiting to counter with these four-ounce gloves on. You know, it's not like, it's not like boxing. And I, I do believe he comes from a boxing background, but he would just step into the pocket and then kind of wait for Jake to throw. And sometimes he would be able to counter, but sometimes he would get wobbled. 
um, you gotta you gotta kind of move in and out of the pocket when you if you're gonna step in and stay there, you gotta be throwing or moving your head. You can't just step in and be a stationary target. Uh, but it does make for an exciting fucking fight, especially when you are able to land some counters um, and wobble your opponent as well. Um, th this this fight was just fantastic. I actually want to go back and rewatch this one uh, pretty soon. And let's see another uh, one that was back and forth and, until it ended, but. It was, it was much shorter. It was Jack Della, Madalena, and uh, Ramazan Ameev. Um, you know, Ameev had Madalena in trouble. Uh, he had him on the ground, and I, I think he was in a – I think he had him in a submission, but my, my stream froze uh, quite a bit through throughout this card. I don't know if you guys had the same problem. Um, but at one point, uh, Della Madalena was, was caught in a – I want to say a rear naked choke or something. Um, and then the next thing he's just out and then he's knocking out the Maeve and uh, it was fun. It was a fun, fun fight. It was funny because I was sitting with my wife and my sister and brother-in-law. We were just talking about the birthday party and, you know, talking shit about family and, you know, the things you do decompress after an event. And, um, we, we we had the fights on and and just like couldn't get through a conversation because every fight there was like holy shit moments. Um, so that's how you know it was a good card. Um, here here's another one that could have been uh, fight of the night: Choi Sung Woo and Joshua Kulibao. Holy shit, these guys uh, were battering each other. Um, I I had it two rounds to one for Kulibao, but uh, you know. Sung Woo had his moments in this fight. Like he he stuck Cooley Bao a couple times and wobbled him and he bloodied up his ear. Um the exchanges in this fight were were just crazy. And these guys look big to me too. I'm seeing just now that they're featherweights, but I would have swore this was like a welterweight fight. These are these are some thick boys. Um, let's see. Hyacer. Mahashate, uh, knockout over Steve Garcia. I believe I missed that one. And then Brendan Allen, uh, unanimous decision over Jacob Malcoon. Um, yeah, that went the right way. Brendan Allen was controlling most of that fight. Um, Kang Hyung Ho against uh, Danab Bajarel. Unanimous decision win there. That was a solid fight. Uh, this card was just, this card was just fun. I remember um, early on in, in my UFC fandom, uh, I used to go and watch the fights at Buffalo Wild Wings, and my my marker of like how good the card was would be, will I buy the DVD when it comes out? That was like how I determined like, because I will go through and like, oh, one of my favorite fighters lost and. This fight was a dud and this and that. I'm not going to buy the DVD. And then I would, you know, the next fight would be like, holy shit, Randy Couture had that finish and Chris Lieben had that knockout. And, uh, you know, there was that war between, uh, you know, whoever, um, definitely buying it. So UFC 275, if DVDs were still a thing, I'm buying the DVD when it comes out. So that's my, that's my review of this card. It was excellent.
excellent. Like so many fights on this have a uh, rewatch value. Uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez with a big knockout over Liang Na. Uh, just nasty, man. Uh, you don't see you don't see this kind of knockout power with the women very often, especially the straw weights. You know, I I realize I'm putting my foot in my mouth here because we had two spectacular straw weight knockouts on the same card. So it's like, Bill, you clearly don't know what you're talking about, or you know, maybe it's that eight percent beer you started drinking before noon. But um, yeah, you don't see. You don't see strawweight women knocking each other out with overhand rights. So I don't know if we're seeing like the sport level up again, you know, another pro progression in the talent level um, or strength and conditioning or whatever the explanation is, but um, I'm here for it. Uh, that was a spectacular knockout. Um, Ramona Pasquale. Wanted to, um, I'm sorry, Jocelyn Edwards won a decision over Ramona Pascal. And uh, that's it. That's the whole card. I think that might be the only fight I missed. So just a fun, fun, fun card. Um, and then next week we have Fight Night, Calvin Cater versus Josh Emmett. That's going to be a fun main event. And then I guess the Cowboy Cerrone and Joe Lozon fight got rescheduled. And, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm here for the rest of this card though. Tim means and Kevin Holland. That's a really fun fight. Those are two gritty competitors. Um, they're both good everywhere. That's going to be a fun one. Joaquin Buckley. Who doesn't want to see that guy fight? He's fighting Albert Durayev. What else we got going on here? Julian Marquez versus Gregory Rodriguez. All right. And that's it. Looks like a short. Oh no, that's just the main card. Let's see what do we got on the prelims. Court McGee and Jeremiah Wells. I like that. Eddie Wineland and Cody Stamen. That's a fun one. That 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 fight's just hanging out. And Phil Hawes and Duran Win. That's my sleeper pick right there. Oh, Roman Delidze and Kyle Dawkins. Holy shit! These prelims are. Are uh, are pretty damn good. Like these could be pay per view prelims, and a, a couple of them could be uh, on a main card. I'm not sure why Kyle Dawkins is uh, is so low on the on the prelims, especially when he's got a not a win but a domination over Kevin Holland that resulted in a no contest, and Kevin Holland's on the main card. Um, but Roman Delidze and Kyle Dawkins—that's a really fun fight. And I'm not seeing any. Sorry, guys, I'm doing this. I'm like trying to look up the uh, trying to look up the card on my phone here. It looks like Roman Delidze and Kyle Dawkins is the first fight of the night. So definitely want to catch that one. Well, I've got a flight to catch and, and a beer to finish. Um, so that's going to have to be it. For this week, I apologize for the short episode, guys, but, you know, family first. I had to squeeze this in and, uh, you know, going out to lunch with the fam and then hitting the airport and uh, back to the sunshine state for me. Um, 
yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Got Father's Day coming up next weekend, so uh, early happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I don't know if I'll be doing an episode or not, because uh, I happen to be a dad myself, so I don't know what I'm going to be getting myself into on Father's Day. I know I want to see the new Jurassic World movie. I don't care how bad you guys tell me it is. Um, I'm just a fanboy of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. I didn't even like the last one. I thought the plot was stupid, but I've watched it like five times. Um, cause I'm a grown man child and, um, I like dinosaurs. I don't know what it is. I think that's the reason I moved to Florida cause there's like alligators everywhere and they're as close to dinosaurs as we have left on this earth. And I, I wasn't really into dinosaurs as a kid. It's something that kind of fascinated me as I got older. Um, but I'm going to enjoy the rest of this heady topper. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did and you made it all the way to the end, maybe you want to buy some merchandise, some over-the-top and under-the-influence T-shirts, tank tops, or hoodies. Um, you know, it's tank top season right now. So grab yourself a tank top from our friends at Team Reaper. Reaper1.co is the website. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. Save yourself 10% on your entire order, whether you buy our merchandise or not. Uh, if you want to send along some well wishes to Jeff DeAnimal Wilson, uh, you can reach out to me at MMA on the Rocks on any social media platform. Um, nothing's wrong with him. Uh, he just, I, I had to record like right now and he wasn't around. So I, I really would have liked to talk to Jeff about this car. Maybe we'll dive into it next week. Um, but that's all I got. So until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>